0: ask and you shall receive. The long-awaited Q&A is finally here and it's a two-parter. You all asked me some very interesting questions, so I rounded up my favorites for this episode. People of all different orientations and genders ask me questions, and I feel like the answers can often be pretty universal. So if you hear one that doesn't really apply to you, just stick around for the answer because you might learn something. This is my favorite thing to do as a sex educator, so without further ado, let's get into it. I'm your host, Birna, and I tackle topics at the intersection of health, culture, and sexuality. I'll answer your questions ranging from the health-related to the raunchy. This is Beyond the Bedroom. So if we were going in alphabetical order, this one would be first. It's all about anal. Someone asked, How do I mention I want to do butt stuff with my partner for both parties? Meaning I want to try it and I'd be open to doing it to them too. Any tips? So I know the person who asked this has done butt stuff before and it's a cis dude and he dates mostly women and i think a lot of guys are actually into it and don't know how to bring it up there's a lot of things associated with the butt stuff for anybody especially like shame or that is dirty so i understand that it can be kind of tough to bring up especially if you're dating someone new so the the advice that you hear a lot with introducing any kind of new thing is tackle this conversation outside of the bedroom right? We hear that all the time. If you're introducing something new, it's best to do it in a non-sexual setting. The reason for this is because during sex, your adrenaline can kick in or your arousal can kind of skew your judgment and make you do things that you might not have been comfortable with or you might freeze up, etc. So I like to say don't bring it up kind of like out of the blue. It's not like a great topic for people, if they're not in the mood to talk about anything sexual, bring it up at a time that's like sexy or intimate, but not during sex. So, you know, a great time would be like if you're on a date night and you're not having sex, obviously, but, you know, if you're getting ready together to go to an event or if you are just at home chilling and you want to ask them about stuff because you've maybe watched a show or a movie that had some sexy stuff going on. So setting the context where it's not, you know, over breakfast unless that's comfy in your relationship. So... Bringing it up also in a in a way that's centered around your pleasure is really important because there's a difference between asking, hey, um, can I do anal to you? And hey, I want this thing done to me and it brings me a lot of pleasure because it's not, it's, it's, there's a difference between asking permission to do something to somebody and asking, can you bring me this sensation? If that resonates with anyone. <laughs> So you can ask them, do you want to touch me there? Or you can say like, I like when you touch me there and I want more of it and I want to take it a little further. And you can even do something like mention that you're gonna buy a toy for this or if you already have one you can be like hey i i like using this if you're talking about sex toys or something and if you're going to ask about them definitely like i said do it outside of sex but if you're not super close already just ask them how they feel about it by framing your opinion first So don't be like, how do you feel about anal? Because they might be like, oh, if I say I like it, they might not want me, which can be an irrational thought, but it happens, right? Say, I'm kind of into anal play for myself. What about you? Or have you done it? Did you like it? And if they did like it, you can be like, well, I would be open to trying it. Do you want to try it to me first? So then it kind of takes the pressure off. And it's it's funny because a lot of people think if you have that conversation outside the bedroom then you have to like schedule when to try the thing. But it doesn't have to be that way. So if you have the conversation in a in a sec, like a sexy setting but you're not having sex like, you know, at the tail end of a wine night with your spouse or with your, you know, whoever. By the way, that was like a reference to me. <laughs> but um you can definitely say hey, I'm open to doing this, they're open to doing this, great. So you don't have to be like, well, next time we have sex, we should do X, Y, Z. You can just be like, okay, well, if that comes up, it comes up. Like, you can make a mental note out of it. Because the next time you have sex, it might not come up, but maybe sometime you're both kind of feeling more, like you have more energy or you have more time, and you can talk about it more, and it can come up maybe the next after like five times or something so unless it's your thing if you want to be like okay well let's try that tomorrow that's fine but a lot of people need more context to get aroused so i also want to tell you that i had a really good experience with a guy a few years ago and when i asked him why he was so good at stuff (laughs) he said exploring butt stuff on my own totally changed my perspective on how to penetrate other people so you can bring that up and you can say i feel closer to you or i like how it feels for myself and i feel like it provides some perspective on what you want you know so there you have it i had a really good experience with that uh type of situation I also just want to throw that in there that you can also like reassure them like if they are interested in it so if you have that convo and they're like oh well I've never done it before um like I've never pegged a guy or I've never you know had like even put a finger up someone or anything you can be like well I know what I like and I know how to do it safely so you can say to them like you know I know that we should go slow and use a lot of lube and anytime you want to stop you can stop like reassuring them the safety part can be a huge part of why we feel safe enough to have sex and why we want to explore new things so next question um is for my vulva owners out there but can be great for people who have sex with people with vulvas. So, can you talk about the differences in labia sensitivity? I worry that my inner lips aren't the same sensitivity as other people's and that I'm missing out during oral. So, everyone's vulva, regardless of shape and size, has a different sensitivity. We have a lot of nerve endings, but the way that they're arranged and how much we can tolerate can be different for everybody. This is why like some people prefer really light vibration, and some people can handle a plug-in wand on the highest setting. And not everyone who wants light vibrations or light touch in the beginning grows their tolerance it doesn't work like that for a lot of people some people like light touch and that's what they'll like for the whole rest of their life and that's totally normal some people prefer and need either more firmness or pressure or like i said that wand right and that's what they need for the rest of their life too and that's okay so the clitoris has legs (laughs) they're called like little legs that run under the labia so There's this theory that people that have more tissue on top of there can tolerate more but that's not always true for everybody because it also has to do with your skin sensitivity. So for some people, for example, they can handle a lot of firm pressure on their labia but when it comes to skin sensitivity, they actually get really, really sensitive when you give like really light touches with your tongue or your finger because it can kind of awaken that skin touch and make you more sensitive. So it doesn't always work the way that like Other parts of our bodies work because there's a lot more nerve endings, like I said, but there's also a lot of components that go into why we feel pleasure there. So, vulvas can also sit higher or lower on people's bodies, too. And, like I said, it might sound counterintuitive, but really light barely their tongue strokes in the beginning can make this area really sensitive. And if that doesn't work, you might just be a person who needs a lot more pressure and also someone who just needs to focus solely on the clitoris. And that's okay. Like, a lot of women and people with vulvas are like this. Think suction-like movement with the tongue. That's something that gets a lot of people off, and it has nothing to really do with their labia. It's more clitoris-centered. And if you prefer suction toys or rumbly vibrations, it can kind of clue you into the type of pressure and sensation that you like. And I just want to say that you are normal. This is normal. If you can barely handle touch down there because you're so sensitive, you're also normal. If you are the type of person that can take a lot of pressure, you're also normal. We all have different bodies and... You're not missing out just because you have a higher tolerance or you need more pressure or you don't feel as much in your labia. You might feel a lot more in your clitoris than other people. And there are people that ask me if they're missing out because they can't handle suction toys intensity or higher rumbly vibrations. So the grass is always greener, it seems. Okay, so next question is very close to my heart. Why do people still get so freaked out when I talk about sex with them? They think that I'm weird for talking about stuff online, but I really want to become a sex educator. I'm about to graduate college and want to find more people that are open to talking about stuff like this. So I love this because obviously I'm a sex educator and I do talk about my work and my personal life online. And it can be a little daunting when, you know, friends that knew you before you did this kind of work are following you or something. But that being said, I have kind of two different thoughts on this. One is that a lot of people are weirded out because they're projecting maybe shame onto you or they're uncomfortable because of the way that they were taught to keep things private. And that's okay. Most of the time when we make people uncomfortable it's because they do not like how you're making them feel. And so they project that onto you and that's okay. Like you you can just gently talk to them unless they're really coming at you in a very rude way like I don't engage with that but a lot of people are like why would you share this like this is so private and I'm like well this is something that might be private for you but it's not private for me and I hope that other people that are going through this or that deal with this or that like this feel like they're not alone and then I say there must be something that you ever questioned if you were alone in and I hope that you found the validation you needed so that is a lot of emotional energy sometimes though so I get that it can be really frustrating But then there's also people that are like, this is so weird, like she's so weird for doing that, like blah, blah, blah. And those are people that are negative and they're not asking out of curiosity or because they have some type of longing to reduce their own shame. They're asking because they just want to pick a fight with you. So it becomes like a skill kind of like seeing who actually wants to have a conversation and who is just trying to bring you down. And as for finding people that are more open to talking about stuff like this, there are some places to find like-minded people and if you want like a general intro i know that the it's actually a porn company run by women and i know there's like a little bit of tension around like what that means and ethical porn and whatever but they're called Belessa co and they have a secret group on facebook so regardless about how you feel about the ins and outs of ethical porn you can dm them on instagram for the link and it can be really fun to go through and see that there's people that are asking about advice on certain questions or saying hey who else likes this and you know I as a sex educator can find a lot of like-minded people because they're just like hey has anyone else had this problem and it can be really comforting there's also online book clubs, for example, that either like you can go in this direction that they read erotica together and discuss it or just they read books or, you know, resources on health and wellness um, in terms of sexuality or, or even like gender theory and stuff like that. So getting really specific can help though. So here are just some examples. Like if you're into kink, you can attend a play party or get into like what they call the scene. Just be sure to use a buddy system. If you don't know anyone else that's going, especially if it's your first time, and not saying that that's like scary, but it's just like going to a party where you don't know anyone. It's just better to bring someone there so you don't get like emotionally drawn in, or you know, it's just it's just better. And if you're queer, there's some LGBTQ groups in small towns, especially in small towns, because this person said that they went to college in a pretty small town, or in your college, like there might be one, and. Even if you don't consider yourself queer, but your work or your interests are very aligned, like they might let you be like a non-active member. And if you're into polyamory or interested in it, there's some non-sexual meetups for people interested or Facebook groups where they can just discuss it. And that can be fun, especially if you're into polyamory, to talk to other people about it and it can be really validating. And to be honest, the only reason I keep my Facebook is to be a part of groups like this. The last thing I'll say is that If you are actually going to go into sexuality education training or even like some places where they have like certification training, there are sex educator coalitions that you can be a part of and they again will maybe let you be a part as a non-active member. So you're like a supporter or just kind of there to see and participate in the discussions but you're not talking about things related to your work because you don't have any yet. A lot of these groups will take on people that are just starting out in the field and it's not as competitive or catty as a field as people might think, at least not in my experience And there's plenty of opportunity to be had. You can also always start your own group. So if you are in this college for another semester, you can maybe start a little meetup group for people that are interested in sex education. So you can like start a book club of your own or like just a place where people can hang out and talk about stuff. Um, Or you can even maybe have a partnership with like a local sex toy shop with like a college, you know, maybe not relating to your college, but like, people that you know like a like a young people interested in pleasure activism or something like that and it can also be online cuz everything's online now cuz of covid and it can be a really great way to meet like-minded people next question comes from a really cool follower of mine and she asks me really interesting questions a lot of the time and i really want to just give her a little shout out but she says i'm a lesbian and i don't want to receive oral it isn't really about receiving pleasure because i love hand stuff and toys etc but i really just get in my head about it because i'm very conscious about someone's mouth having germs and i did a little follow-up with this person they have dealt with some pretty painful utis and cysts so i get it and i actually relate to this a lot because i have a kidney dysfunction issue which means that i was really prone to utis and kidney infections so the only thing that really helped me and i'll be totally honest was taking a preventative antibiotic doing a lot of supplements having a consistent partner and building up my immune system but that's not something that everybody can do and after i did all of these things and i stopped suffering From this cycle of infections, I was still really in my head about it because I was so nervous. Like, what if it happens? And once we've kind of trained ourselves to be cautious in a situation, it can be really hard to undo that. So, I have a little trick that I do, and I'll preface this by saying this is not for people that this is a hard no. This is for people that want to do something and want to enjoy it, but because they're in their heads or they're feeling disconnected, they can't. This is also great for people that tend to go into the performative aspect of sex instead of receiving pleasure. And I know this person said it's not really about receiving, but it is about receiving in this particular instance. So this is, again, not for people that this is a hard no. I do this thing where I have like either a timer kind of in my head or a physical timer on my nightstand. And I talk to my partner about this beforehand. And it's like I I allow myself to receive. So if it's oral, I'll allow myself to receive it for two minutes. And if I have slipped into okay, God, when is this over? Or performing, like, oh, I love this so much, even though I don't, then I stop. Or I like notice it and put it two more minutes. And this is a very... Like this is an exercise that you should do with someone that you trust a lot, so like a partner that you're very intimate with and that you can be very vulnerable with, and talk to him about it beforehand before you start this. And it's not like oh, can you make me come in two minutes? It's like can you just do what you're normally doing because this is an exercise for me and I want to see how much I actually enjoy it and what thoughts come up for me. And the first time I tried this, I was like, oh god, this is so awkward and weird. And then you know I. tried a couple more times and i actually started enjoying myself because i was like okay i can show that i'm enjoying it and understand and notice my thoughts without them letting without letting them affect how i feel about what's happening and i also just want to say that you're not a bad lesbian if you don't like oral let me say that again. You're not a bad lesbian or a bad sexual partner in general if you don't like receiving oral. A lot of people don't like it for a lot of different reasons and that's okay. And going back to that other question about labia sensitivity, if you don't like it, then don't do it. And it's like, it's okay if you've tried it like a hundred times and you're like, tried it with a bunch of different people and you're just like, I just can't get the germs out of my head. Then don't put yourself through it. Don't just be like, uh, oh, well, they, they enjoy it. They think they're getting something out of it, so I'll just sit through it. Just say, I don't like it. And for people who encounter people that don't like it, don't be like, well, you've never had me, or blah, 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 don't pressure them because it might be that that person has a bad experience with it or it's just something out of their control. So there's <laughs> there it is. You're not a bad person if you don't like oral. But if you do want to try to reverse this emotional reaction, the timer trick can be really useful. Next question is something that I get asked a lot, but this one is a little more specific. So this person asks, I feel like I get so sensitive to any lube that I use. I'm from a country where there aren't a lot of options and I have even tried natural or at-home remedies and it hasn't worked. So this person also specified that they use they, them pronouns, but they do have a vulva. So I'm gonna be saying they and I'm talking about this person. And although they have a vulva, this also applies to people that don't because lube sensitivity is something that happens to people with penises too because it can be a really irritating area of the body and it's very sensitive so i did some follow-up with this person also and they do they did try coconut oil and uh oh, the coconut oil thing is such a heated Debate for some reason. People get very passionate about coconut oil. Let me say this it works for some people very well, and it's a disaster for other people. So it's because of two things. The coconut oil, it can be Yes, like it can be antifungal, so it can work for some people, but oil in a mucous membrane can trap bacteria and other germs and it can lead to more issues and Oil-based lubrication in general is not recommended with condom use and some toys because it can wear them down and break them and it can pop- like just break condoms or wear them down and coconut oil can in some people clog the pores around their vagina so like that area in your vaginal opening can get bartholin cysts or it can clog your pores so it's not like a great option for everybody so the common culprits so to speak are parabens, glycerin, citric acid, any type of artificial flavor coloring, fragrance, and sugar so this is like the common ingredients that can cause irritation and For example, some tried and true hypoallergenic things work for some people and not for others. So for example, Uber Lube, the silicone version, is something that works really well for people that want silicone lube, but for me, it can actually make me a little itchy and like uncomfortable. I prefer water-based or aloe-based formulas like Sliquid. Good Clean Love I think has coconut in it, so if you like coconut oil but need it to be in a formula that works for our mucous membranes better. This is a good option. I know the company mode. It comes in a pump or Maud, uh, M A U D E. I always forget how to pronounce that. But not all of the water-based and aloe-based formulas are equal. Like some of them do have synthetic fragrance, for example, or like essential oils which can be really irritating for our really sensitive skin down there. Also, some aloe-based formulas do have a little bit of salicylic acid in it which can be irritating. So I wish that there was some type of like sampler option, right? And I know that Uber Lube does have samples at some sex stores. So you can, you know, ask if you're ordering something online and you can ask if they have any lube samples. And I know a friend of mine who actually tests it on her wrist and her lips, which like on her face, which can be not a good idea for some people but it's because she doesn't have like allergic reactions she just has like a little bit of irritation and it can be easier to get off of her lips than on her vulva so that's something that she does but i know that not all of these brands ship internationally but i think that sliquid does and anything that has ingredients that might irritate you are usually like the cheaper options unfortunately but There's also this option if this is, if lube is something that you need like every time because of vaginal dryness, that could be caused by anything from birth control to allergy medication to just estrogen deficiency or something. Or some people just naturally are a little bit drier because their glands just don't produce as much. It can also just be a hydration thing or it can be a comfort thing. Like some people just like being a lot more lubed up down there. But regardless of why, there is. For example, there's like an Icelandic brand called Florialis, and they have insertables. So they're these little ovule, little egg-shaped pills, and they just have aloe and hyaluronic acid. And they're gynecologist-approved, and they don't have anything else in them. And they dissolve over time. So don't put one up right before you have sex, but um, you might want to put one up right before you go to sleep, and it can help the vagina kind of be more hydrated and it can prevent that irritation. So I don't know if they ship, but there might be an option like that as well that you want to look into. Okay, so last question before part two. So this person says that, i am way more kinky than my boyfriend i want to introduce things and he gets really embarrassed but is secretly into them and does want to try how can i bring this up without this reaction i also feel like i'm too much for him and i just should be more vanilla so also for some context this is a gay male couple they that's how they identify but this is something that just For a lot of people across the board, I get this question a lot and I get it specifically a lot from women who are more kinky than their boyfriends too, so just keep that in mind. My biggest piece of advice on any time that somebody is just kind of shy about it but does want to talk about it or does want to do things but can get embarrassed is kink education so taking it out of the context that they maybe feel shame or embarrassed about so for a lot of us the only time that we've ever seen this is in like hardcore porn or in a film that is like you know taboo or something so taking it out of that context and putting it into like oh well i read this book or listening to maybe like a youtube video from like midori for example because she's like the queen of bondage (laughs) she is like a specific rope tying expert and i found that sharing that video with a friend of mine who was really into like rope play but was really embarrassed about it she was like oh okay like it's it's something you can talk about in a non-sexual context too so it can reduce a lot of anxiety or shame or embarrassment to take it out of that like super sexual context for people and to also talk about like boundaries, consent, and things that the kink community has really like popularized, I want to say. So tell them that they're in control, um, that they are, you know, even if they're in a submissive position, they can be in control of, you know, things with using the red, yellow, green technique or safe word and... Reassuring them in that way, but it sounds like this person just has a little bit of shyness. Like, oh my god, that's so intense kind of reaction to things, and it can be frustrating. And I get that, but you also can't really control how somebody will react to something. It's not really a don't yuck my yum situation here because they they obviously like do want to try it. They're just embarrassed about it, but maybe try to channel their embarrassment into like excitement instead or approach it from like a very light and playful place because they might feel just a little bit intimidated or they might not feel like they can match up to it and this feeling of like i often feel like i'm too much for him and i should just be more vanilla so, you can kind of go both ways here. So, you can reassure him that you respect him, that you're there for him, and that you're asking for is not bad or dirty or degrading because you're wanting it and you're consenting. Or, if it is a degradation thing, if it's purposely like humiliation, explain that it makes you actually feel good. But there are people that just like won't get it because they they just don't it doesn't resonate with them at all either position and that's okay like there's just gonna be people that don't vibe with it and you can just if you remind yourself like i'm not shameful like if if they're projecting that shame onto you you don't have to take it if this is something that you really enjoy then that's something that you enjoy and no one's reaction should influence how you feel about yourself like if you're confident and that's what you like but i know that that's so much easier said than done because there's a lot of factors that go into especially kink. So, I I want to encourage you to have like a very open discussion in a way that's not super deep and serious but is more of a hey do you want to look at this video it's not sexual in terms of like pornography but it's like an educational video about kink do you want to maybe sit down and watch it with me or um hey i read this book about the thing that we do or that we want to try and here's some notes from it or just being just reminding them that like Well, I mean, you might be embarrassed, but I'm not, so I'm there for you, but it depends on like what kind of reaction they're giving you. And I also want to say that this is not something, like this is not tips for someone to be like, oh, well, I'm going to coerce my partner into doing this, or I'm going to change their minds. Like that's not really what we're doing here. This is for people that want to do things, but have like hesitancy because they're like, ooh, like I'm embarrassed to admit that I like this. And that's different than being like, I don't want to do that. I'm confused there's there's a big difference there so understanding the difference between those two things is also a big thing in terms of having these conversations so that's it for part one i have a lot of really juicy questions for part two including what to do with strap-ons sex toys for trans women how to have sex right as you're ovulating and some more so tune in for that it'll be right after this episode and if you want to learn more about any of this just head to my website birna.net and follow me on instagram at bbirna hope to see you in part two